All right, today we are talking about being called out so you can be drawn in. Ooh, ooh, I like that dichotomy of phrase. That was me. Calling us me. out. That can be one of those phrases that feels like uh, in outrage culture, right? Yes. It's like, I'm calling you out. Calling you out. That's not what we're talking about. Nope. We're gonna, we'll, we'll define the terms here. We'll yeah. talk about this and dissect what it means to be called out in order to be drawn in. Um, but first, we have to see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finance, Priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. All right, well done. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a B on that. (laughs) On on that. We'll see you on the other side. We're already on the other side, though. Too late. Can't. Yeah. No redemption. Not here. <laughs> Not on a podcast <laughs> that you can cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but this conversation comes from a place in our own marriage where we've um, really experienced the graciousness. I mean, I'm sure you have too, listener as well, but God calls us out of places of darkness into living in the light. And we'll talk exactly through this. We're going to go through what? Is it John 11? Yeah. Today. We're John gonna go 11, through. Mark 5. Yeah, and and specifically look at how God has, in, in, through through Christ, has called people out in you know in stories in the New Testament, but also uh, what that could mean for us as people now reading yeah. God's Word and what it should mean, how we can read into it, and um, and it's been so transformational for us. Absolutely. I think that's why we want to share it. And actually, it comes from um, our latest book that we're currently editing, which will be released next year. Uh, it's called See Through Marriage. Mm. So we're we're talking through some of that as well. So. Yeah, let's do some housekeeping first. Housekeeping. Make this one fast. Hey, patrons, patrons, our Patreon supporters, as, as we call them, uh, thank you for your patronage. We actually have transcriptions <laughs> coming. Woo! We have transcriptions awesome. coming, and we have an amazing uh, transcriber. Transcriber. Uh, she, we're kind of in a trial run right now, uh, but she is doing a phenomenal job from what, um, from the examples we've already gotten. So we're getting ready to figure out how to release those in a way that is most useful to you. But that is possible because of our generous patrons yeah. who are on mission with us. So if you want to be on mission with Fierce Marriage and what we're doing, we're basically making the, the God's plan and design for marriage loud and clear. As much as people will listen, we're going to put it out there on the interwebs for people <laughs> to hear it and to see it and to experience God's plan for marriage. Uh, if you want to be a part of that mission, you can do so at patreon.com slash fierce marriage, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash fierce marriage. We just ask that you pray about it. You ask God to lead you in that. And if he leads you, it's just to just to act on his leadership. Uh, secondly, um, thank you if you've left a rating and review. If you haven't done so yet on iTunes, please do so. It helps us tremendously blesses us, but it also blesses other listeners who are maybe thinking about listening to this podcast. Write a little comment. Just say, what what is one yeah. thing that you've gotten out of this? It's a little thing that really goes a long way. It does really go a long way, and it lives online for a long time, yeah. and it helps lots a of people. A big bang for a little buck. Ooh, I like that. That's, <laughs> that's a deal, a real steal of a deal. Uh, and then the final one is, if you have a question, we're actually going to answer two questions today. Ah. Uh, a lighthearted one, and then a, a, a deep-hearted one, a heavy-hearted one. I don't know. A good, funny one and a serious one. I'll put it that way. Um, but you can ask questions at fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's a button there. Or you can call or text this mess, this number, 971-333-1120. Okay. What do you got? So going into our discussion, it, again, it stemmed out of what Ryan said. We, in our, in our new book that's coming out in a few months um, called See Through Marriage, we are talking about um, how God calls us out, right? And how he is not it's not this whole calling out phrase it sounds really harsh like you're being caught doing something wrong you're right. sinning in your marriage like that's not what we're talking about we're we envision like this there's yes there we all have these like sin caves we call them like or shame or, or fear shame. yeah or there's doubt something there's, or whatever yeah there's something that we're dealing with and we're not really allowing god's word we're hiding or, we're hiding okay that's good yeah we're being called out of our hiding and our, yeah so when yeah. we're in this cave you know, God's word, who he is, is calling us out of it and into the light and into his presence. And we see this happen throughout the Bible. There's a ton of stories, obviously, mm. but we're, of course, if you start with Genesis 3, uh, the first calling out, we have to remember that when, when God calls us out, it's an act of love. Yeah. This is not this f- public flogging of your sin. Yeah. This is God calling me out because he loves me the most. He cares about me and he wants 
me to be brought into the light and he wants us to be reconciled and healed anyways we'll jump we'll get there first and, it, let's... and it's always into a place of healing and a place of holy uh, uh, holiness righteousness for our good for god's glory and purpose which, and for his again, purpose we'll, yeah are we going to read this genesis 3 yes i think it's good to re- we got a lot of scripture here but i think it's good because there's some key phrases in here um so genesis 3 8 through 12 and they heard the sound of the lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife so let's lay the groundwork here hid themselves. they had sinned they had, had committed is, original sin. Yep, this was in the Garden the of Eden. Apple. It was all perfect. There's not an apple. It was the fruit. fruit. <laughs> it wasn't an apple tree of good and evil. It was okay. the, or the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes. So whatever the fruit was. Sorry, I just, I like I'm, apples. I'm very specific. How do you like them, apples? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so that's, that's what's fruit. happening. And they had just fallen. Hum, hum, humankind had just fallen to sin. Yes. And now God is pursuing them and calling them out and here's right. what he says i like to make big assumptions here people yeah <laughs> everybody knows genesis 3 right <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah. sorry um thank you for sharing that um so start at the beginning again yeah start at the beginning and they heard the sound of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god among the trees of the garden but the lord called to the man and said to him where are you and he said i heard the sound of you in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked and i hid myself Verse 11, he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you Mm. eaten of the trees of which I commanded you not to eat? Mm. The man said, the woman who you gave to me to be with, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. It was her fault. (laughs) It was her fault. (laughs) You like how he's just passing the buck there, like completely exonerating himself. The Lord calls the husband to the man. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And she's just like, he's So he's asking her and he just says, oh, nope. He's he's asking, God's asking him. Right. And Adam says, well, look at her. Let me clarify, God. Let me just clarify (laughs) what happened here in the situation. In marriage. The The key phrase here, I think, again, is where are you? It's not because... You know, God didn't know where they were. Right, he wasn't. He wasn't wondering. He was like, "Oh no, I lost, I lost them. <laughs> I lost them. Where'd they go? <laughs> I, just I had one job them. to do, and they died on me." <laughs> no, like he knew they were. He right. knew what had happened. He had seen it all. Right. He had watched them run and hide, and here instead of just saying and just smiting them, right, right? or just bearing his wrath on them, yeah. you know, he is what he's walking. It sounds like it sounds like a very serene. Well, Kind of still before it's, the storm, right? Yeah. I He's he's the perfect parent right here, right? Like he's mm. just the perfect parent who has is walking towards their his children, knowing that they have sinned, knowing that they have disobeyed and broken, mm. you know, his trust, broken what he's called them to do too. And he's, he's questioning them. He's not just, and this is part of the calling out. He's questioning them because he wants them to see. Mm-hmm. He wants them to know. He wants them to understand and experience what the the depth I think of of the decisions that they made in their disobedience. Mm. So he's 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 not just like Adam and Eve, get out here right now. I got to talk to you, right? Like he's saying, where are you? And then he wants them to acknowledge their fear and their nakedness. He wants them to acknowledge and see their need for him right when we tell our kids things i don't feel like it always hits them the same way as when we ask them questions yeah in order for them to to understand and gain knowledge in okay i made this wrong decision and this is what happens because i made this wrong decision like and it it, it sticks more right it's Mm. it's you internalize it deeper right so he's lovingly parenting them by calling them out calling them out and saying where are you and their response again i was afraid because i was naked now if you go back to genesis 2 says the man and wife were together they were they were naked and unashamed right and this was a beautiful picture of the consummation of their marriage and the just the the freedom and the innocence present in the mm-hmm. garden before the fall and then now adam is admitting i mean imagine this had never felt fear had never felt shame mm-hmm. and now he's saying i heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid, mm. and so I was, I was I was naked, and so I hid myself. Never before had he felt fear or shame, and now it's all, all of a sudden it's there. And then God lovingly asks, "Who told you you were naked? And have you eaten have of the you? fruit?" He's asking these questions. Yeah. The questions are the calling out. <clears throat> yeah, and so the, the parallel here is in marriage. Many times we feel the, the the Holy Spirit calling us out uh, of this place of dark. And again, it's not calling out like, I'm calling out your sin. It's he's calling us out of a hiding place right? and saying, I know what you've done. Just just own it, tell it and, and yeah. confess it and re- repent from it. 
turn from it because that's the way that's the path of health for you well and he's calling us to know him more right because a lot of times Mm. we might get into these situations because we are believing lies or believing a wrong perception Mm -hmm. of the character of god or we just don't know it right and god is saying who told you these things the sin that you're engaging in the darkness the things that are are binding you up so to speak in your marriage who told you that you Mm. had to be under the control of these things who told you that you had to succumb and you know give into this addiction or Mm. talk to your wife that way or be married who told you that this was the way that marriage was supposed to be Hmm. you know he's yeah what who's lie are you believing right yeah can we uh, we have two more key passages we want to look through and kind of display this this characteristic or how god calls us lovingly out of our hiding Mm -hmm. But first, I want to kind of look at how we might do this in marriage. Yeah. Okay. So how do we do this? How, how do we hide in marriage in our shame? Okay. The clear example is any sort of infidelity or maybe pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. A lot of husbands and wives have dealt with or are actively dealing with right. the shame and um, the, the fear surrounding yeah. that. The fear of um, the fear of rejection if they come clean with right. their sin. The, the the doubt that if they come clean, it will be for their health. They think right. that if they don't confess the sin, it's better. If it's better, if I don't tell you that I'm, I've been watching porn for the last ten years right. because it'll it's just, just hurt you hurt too much. You. Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna bury it. I know it's wrong, but I'm gonna try to deal with it on my own. And as I deal with it, I'm gonna continually stumble. I'm gonna continually feel alienated from you, alienated you're, from God. I'm gonna feel me as a wife. I'm gonna feel alienated you're gonna feel it from anyway. you. Yeah. And so that's a lie that we tend to believe. And that's mm-hmm. how we tend to hide right. in that area. Or right. I made a huge mistake, you know, maybe recently or in the past where right. I have been in, unfaithful to you. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's, these are all theoreticals for us. Well, but- and I think, I think that, you know, for us, it may come down to, you know, why did you avoid this conversation? Or why did you feel like we, why did you get so angry and defensive when I asked you about something? Or why... Mm why did you feel like we needed to spend money here and we didn't talk about it? Or, you know, I think there's, there's always, there's big and small ways we hide. Here's a really big one. Okay. And we're going to talk about Jairus's daughter. Uh, this morning we talked for, I don't know how long, 40 minutes and half hour before okay. we got on here mm-hmm. where there's a, um, I think we've mentioned it in the past, but there's, um, an account on Instagram there. It's kind of blown up. But it's Lindsay letters.co I think is the, or Lindsay letters co and her husband, I think Dugan, um, Sherbandi, I think is how you say it. Their daughter has fell and had uh, um, injured her her head and had suffered severe brain damage as a result. And so, for about the the last well forty days, mm-hmm. so almost eight. Uh, what is it? Yeah. So it's been my math is way off. Six weeks. Okay. So it's been six weeks since this happened, mm-hmm. and like i've wept over this story i do not know why you and i have talked about this i don't know why we've talked about it a lot our girls are praying for her name's ava love we've been praying for her we've been i fasted and you know to to be on board with you know asking god to heal weeks ago and this recently dugan was praying um and felt in his spirit that God was going to heal her in, in this the 40th day of of her injury because the, the number 40 is significant in scripture anyway god hasn't healed her the way that he wanted her to heal her. Mm-hmm. He wanted him to heal her. And so I've been struggling with that a lot. Okay. And that doubt. Okay. And I say all that because it's really good for my heart to struggle with why isn't God called her out of that place? And why isn't God using the faith of her husband or the faith of her dad, the faith of the community around them? Hundreds of thousands of people are, mm-hmm. are surrounding them mm-hmm. and praying. It's really an amazing testimony of the church rallying mm-hmm. and the unifying, um, qualities of our faith right but he hasn't healed in the way that we all want mm-hmm. so i've been struggling with that doubt a lot and so it, it's really easy for me to kind of hide and suppress that and just and not actually face it but instead today we talked through that and it was i think it was a way of you calling me out of my doubt into a place of faith into a place of trust and that's exactly what it is it's i don't it's bitter. It's not bittersweet. It's just bitter. It's just, I just want it to stop. I just want the situation to be fixed. I just want God to heal this little girl mm-hmm. and he hasn't. So it f- tastes very bitter. And you're saying, no, it, it doesn't because your God is good. And I'm saying, no, it doesn't taste good. And you're saying you have to trust that he is good. Mm-hmm. And that I think you're calling me out of a place of doubt into a place of faith. And so I think that's a really kind of, I don't know, feels more abstract 
way of being called out. But I think a lot of times we talk about these conversations. This conversation usually surrounds sin and shame. But really there's a doubt component of it as well. And there's a yeah. faith and a discipleship component of it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and we are going to talk about Jairus' daughter in just a minute. But I want, we did want to talk about the death of Lazarus. Mm. Um, and, and definitely read John 11, all the verses leading up to it, like 1 through 40. They're, they're packed full of just good stuff because it talks about it's talking about the death of Lazarus and Jesus is coming and he talks about his death hmm. and the people don't understand and they're trying to understand so like you see again you see this struggle of doubt and understanding and rash, human rationalization with god right mm, yeah <laughs> literally with Jesus and so Jesus is on his way to the tomb he's talking to Mary and Martha he is asking, he's asking, do you believe this? Like, do you believe that I am? And she says, you know, verse 27, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. And then it talks about Jesus weeping and people trying to rationalize and understand his response to Lazarus, Lazarus's death, because we know that Mary and Martha, he, he loved and Lazarus, he loved. Um, and so there's a, obviously a, a deep relationship there. And in verse... I think 41 is where it starts. So Jesus was deeply moved again. And they, you know, he says, take away the stone and verse, um, 40, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So verse 41, they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me when he had these, when he had said these things, he cried out, with a loud, vo- loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Mm. There's a lot of parallels, a lot of metaphors, a lot of things to draw out. And I think, again, the key here for us, there's two keys. I would say that Jesus is saying, I knew in verse 42 that you always hear me. He's telling, he's, mm. he's talking to God. He knows God <clears throat> hears him. He knows that this moment was already planned and ordained and he is walking through this but i said this on the account of the people standing Mm. around that they may believe that you sent me and then the last part is and maybe i'm brushing over that too fast i think that god doesn't just use our calling out for our good but he can use it Mm. for those around us as well i mean that goes all the way back to verse uh verse 14 so this is john 11 14 then jesus told them plainly Love that 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 adverb. <laughs> Plainly, he said, "Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, mm-hmm. so that you, so that you may believe." But let us go to him. Yes. So here, here, that's exactly what you said. Is that our God calling us out of these darker places in our marriage and life in general is not just it's, it's not about it's us. Not just about us. <laughs> yeah. First and foremost, it's about God's glory. Always. It's about His purposes. Is what we you talked about there. He's not Touched calling us out yeah. just to shame us. Right. But it's to greater to uh, mag- magnify his own glory, then it's about our, our good, our, our sanctification, because right. we're always going to be at our best when we are most reliant on him and most mm. glorifying him. Did you hear what you just said there? Uh, <laughs> I don't like it when you do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we're at our, we're at our healthiest when we are most trusting him, even though right. it doesn't always feel good. Maybe our health might not be good, but our spirit is being yes. renewed. Yeah. And, yeah. and the key phrase here too, I think. I wanted oh, to finish. Sorry. And then, okay, so it's God's glory. It's our own good because yeah. we're, we're giving him glory. But then it's also so that others might have yeah. faith and experience his goodness and in turn, turn and give him glory. So right. Well, and experience this when Jesus said to Lazarus, un, to the people around, unbind him and let him go. Like that's huge. That's huge. Mm. He's bound. Yeah. He's literally bound was in death, bound with the burial clothes, all of that mm, yeah. around his body. And Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. He is no longer in that place of death. He is no longer in that dark tomb. He is, I have called him out. Let him go. And be I free, think, in other be, words. Yeah, he's calling him to freedom. Live and, as you are free. Right. And we're going to yeah. unpack that a little bit more. But I yeah. think just to hear the words of Jesus, just unbind him and let him go. That is why we're being called out. There's mm. so much underneath that, that Jesus is calling us to, right? He's calling yeah. us out of the tomb to draw us into the freedom that he has. And especially... And most, you know, importantly, was the relationship with our spouse and in our marriage. Yeah, one clear example of this is a couple of friend, a friend, 
couple of ours, they have been through a tremendous amount of heartache over the last two years mm -hmm. due to, um, really, they're both baby Christians. Before they, um, before they came to saving faith in Christ, uh, they were living as, you know, as people who were unregenerate. And, and there was, um, he had an affair on her and then there was all kinds of pornography, all kinds of brokenness, all kinds of sexual abuse, sexual abuse, even, um, even to the point where, you know, and she was having lots of identity problems with mm -hmm. career and all that kind of stuff. And really it was just a big kind of mess. Mm -hmm. Right. And they would be the first ones to tell you that. And we've been able to see because God has called them out of that place of hiddenness because right. they initially respond to the gospel. They know that they're, they're new, but there's still like this unbinding and right. this that is happening to them as a result of being called out of their death. Right. They've been called to new life. They got baptized, which was unbelievably amazing to watch. Right. And now they're living as people regenerate, like already, but not yet. The unbinding is still happening. Right. And as witnesses, we are exactly what Jesus was talking about. Like he didn't just immediately heal them and fix them. But instead for our sake, he's glad he was not there so that we may believe so that we can see God actually moving yeah. and be, and we are then like, oftentimes I'll be talking to uh, the husband of this couple and I talk to him and I'm just like marveling at what yeah. God has done, Same with his wife. how he has pulled out his heart of stone and replaced it with a heart of flesh and to see his heart of flesh now thumping right. with like the heartbeat of God. Yeah. And I, I'm just amazed and it, it moves me to tears. Yeah. Well, I don't ever cry in front of him because then, because uh, he, he'll he, make fun of yeah, me. <laughs> make fun of me, but, but God, I want to. Yeah. The way that they articulate how their faith and what God has brought them through is, is not what a baby Christian I feel like would, would be saying. The things that they say are very articulate. They're very, obvious that the spirit is at work mm -hmm. and alive in them mm -hmm. and i think that again that's just a testimony to the unbinding happening and i think that and i just like that jesus this is another thing that was not in our notes but jesus said to them so the people around him unbind him and let him go like you could the the community mm. that was watching this happen mm. they're telling them unbind him unbind him unbind him and let him go and so how true is wow. that the more I think about this, the more profound it gets. Right. <laughs> because you have you have Lazarus dead. Right. Dead. Completely. For four like, days. Like, like and they're stinking. like they're telling Jesus he's gonna stink. So yeah. and it's gonna be offensive. <laughs> and so there's a there's a process of things that happens. There's right. a there's a, a from death to life. There's the actual resurrection right. that happens. And then there's the calling out. Right. Calling out of that place of darkness, calling out of that place of death. Right. You are no longer in this state so get out of the place right you're no longer dead so get out of death itself right, right? and so as married couples as believers i just want to bring this back around jesus is calling us to new life but he's, he's calling us out right we've heard that God, there's always the the popular phrase come as you are right i'm, I'm a nirvana fan the band <laughs> not the place <laughs> but, and that, that's you know i need to be sanctified maybe a little bit more but um aberdeen's a town that's close to us and their motto for the town is come as you are because that's where they came from that's one of their songs yeah. but people say like god calls you to come as you are and but it starts to grate on us when we realize that he, he doesn't let us stay that way. Right. Come as you are, but don't stay that way. Right. And that's where he's calling us out of the places of darkness in in our sanctification. So, right. again, I want to root this in marriage. We've talked about the infidelity piece, the pornography piece, how we can be called out of a place of death into a place of light. And what does a place of light look like? Confessing the sin to each other. Right. Getting help. Well, including getting community around getting you. Community to, getting people to help unbind you exactly because there's this you know these these neuro you know Lazarus couldn't I mean maybe he could have shaken out of the the bindings <laughs> you know I just imagine like but like he's just being he's just, doing a little shimmy right he's now he's just been resurrected from four days of death like he's probably you know, a little yeah he might be a little stiff and <laughs> that's maybe came out wrong but that you yeah, know what I no, mean physically yeah. like just the just the pure like physiology of it all right is a huge aspect and then to be bound up right your your body is bound up with these you know the mm. way that they they buried people back then and he needs people around him to unbind him and to let him go and to help him walk in that freedom and to take care of him until he's able to right so what are some other examples within within a marriage i'm thinking of uh you know if you've got a family of origin a family story that maybe yeah. you were abused in your past yeah okay it's not necessarily you were you sinned but you were sinned against right and there's shame that's associated with that and right. fear of intimacy 
and not just physical, but emotional intimacy, yeah. spiritual intimacy. Maybe there's abuse, emotional, physical, spiritual yeah. abuse that's happened. Mm-hmm. How is God calling us out of that death yeah. into the light? Right. Out of the, how has he brought new life in that area? And how is he ac- asking us to actively walk out and be unbound? Mm. So there's, there's three parts to this. There's the call, like the life-giving call. Right. Then there's the walking out, meaning right. it's the walking in faith. Walking in the light, as First John talks about, we're called to walk in the light, not sit in the light or look at the light, but walk in it. Mm-hmm. Walk in light of who Christ is and walk in, in his way, in the way of Christ. And then there's the community aspect of unbinding, mm. right? Mm. Without, any of, without any one of those things, the story of Lazarus would not really be a thing. Right. But there's all those things, that all those parts of it are happening. Right. And so in the case of, you know, maybe you have a past that you're having to work through, mm-hmm. God's called you out of that, but then there's an act of walking in faith and trusting. Maybe that right. means getting help from a counselor, right. getting help from whatever. Well, and I think community. That there's Sorry. a continual unbinding of like our sin and darkness, right? Because we are, we are marred by sin. Like we are broken on this side of eternity. And God is continually using, I think, community mm-hmm. to unbind us, using community to call us out in our anger, maybe, or our belief of of lies or our bad theology (laughs) maybe there's things we're just believing that just aren't true um, about god and about his character and about how he wants his church to operate or whatever so the unbinding i think it, it it's so beautiful in that it can start so deeply and it can start with something so raw and so dark as death like mm. death even to a of a marriage that feels like it's dead you're married technically but there's there's been a huge death of trust and then there's also these other layers of of okay now maybe we're not dealing with that but we're dealing with some real anger issues some real frustrating deception that we can't understand we can't overcome and god is allowing and saying Mm. to our community this is how we love each other unbind each other and let each other go like yeah bring them to jesus you know so i think there's just a lot a lot there to be unpacked in terms of marriage community and and our sin and the death mm. and trying to hit the full experience. I just want to hit the full spectrum here because finally if you are maybe you just have terrible communication <laughs> as a couple yeah. or maybe you've um you've neglected caring for your sex life okay yeah. that's a really weird to put weird way to put that maybe but you've Even neglected nurturing yeah. a yeah. healthy sex life and a healthy communication around it and maybe calling you out of the darkness is to say you know, maybe you're blind in walk areas. in a place of yeah. health in this and maybe have conversations that you've been maybe too lazy to have or yeah. just, you, you just not taking the, the time to think through. Ask those hard questions. Are there some areas in my life that I'm just not seeing? Ask those trusted community friends mm-hmm. of... Yeah. Where are my blind spots? Am yeah. I kind to my wife when you see me interact with my yeah. wife? Am I speaking to her in a way that's loving and not condescending right. or dismissive? Yeah. How am I talking about well, my husband when we're in groups of, with her? a group of ladies? Yeah. Am yeah. I throwing him under the bus or am I really like... <laughs> how am I talking about my husband in a group of ladies? You right. know, what's what's my overall tone and approach when when talking about the man that God has given me? Right. Um, yeah, I, that's good. So I think we'll move on to this last story because we do have a, a lot of other things to unpack and another, um, I think, a question from some of our listeners. So, or two, you had two. But just talking about Jairus's daughter, uh, there's two accounts, Mark 5 and Luke 8. We're going to re- read Mark 5, 35 through 43. Mm. And there's a phrase in there that we want to talk about, of course. I'm going to read it. Yeah. I'll read it. So while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, uh, people weeping and wailing loudly. And we had ent- and when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he put them all aside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And and he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Hmm. So I think the phrase that um, has really stuck out is verse 36, 
when Jesus said to the ruler of synagogue, do not fear, only believe. So uh, yeah. this is his, this is the father of the daughter. Do not fear, only mm. believe. Do not fear, only believe. So, yeah. Which is so we, hard. Like, that's exactly why I've been struggling with that story. And what we talked about earlier mm-hmm. is that, <laughs> I, I, th- to be honest, I don't want to just not fear. I, wanna, I want Jesus to say, do not fear, understand this get it right. and also believe. Yeah. <laughs> He's not saying, he says, no. do not fear, only believe. Mm. And he calls her out of this place of death and does something that we absolutely couldn't have, you know, can't rationalize, can't rationalize it. And I think just the progression, <clears throat> excuse me, in the scriptures that we're reading of just Genesis three, where are you seeing God, you know, again, calling us out, asking mm. us questions, trying to coming to us and, and, not allowing us to just live in this place. And then we see the death of Lazarus and how God is calling us out and mm. asking us and the people around us to unbind him and let him go. Mm-hmm. And in these next steps of like being unbound and being called out, there's this do not fear, only believe, right? Because when bombs get dropped in marriage, there's going to be a lot of fallout. There's going to be a lot of hurt and pain and hard conversations, tears, and probably a lot mm. of yelling. I mean, let's just be honest. People are going to, if there's infidelity or any type of major trust issues that have happened, addictions, whatever, there's going to be fallout. We can't deny that. We can't live like there, like nothing, like there'll be a few tears and it's fine. Anytime right? there's a damage of trust, it's... You have I mean, to it's, expect a bomb. <laughs> it's exactly that. I mean, when you, when someone pulls the carpet out from underneath you, whether it's infidelity or something maybe less right. severe, you're still going to feel betrayed. Right. You're going to still feel like they've broken your trust. Right. And there's going to be damage there. So right. I think having... And there's this, yeah. And so then there's this, again, this calling out, this unbinding process. These, this is, I'm talking like over long spans of time. And then there's this next step I feel like of do not fear, only believe. Mm. Like do not fear. Yes, this fallout looks bad. Yes, this is hard. Yes, you're hurting. Yes, there's betrayal. Yes, you don't understand all the reasons why these things happened. But I'm telling you, don't, Jesus is saying, don't fear. He says, mm. only believe. Don't fear. So where, how am I not believing? How am I, God, help my unbelief. Like, mm. How am I how am I being afraid? How am I allowing fear, you know, to, to rule the day sort of? Mm. Jesus is literally calling all of these people out of death. Lazarus, the uh the little girl, which is a powerful message to us. He's literally mm. saying, again, unbind, let him go. Don't fear, only believe. This is our savior calling us and our marriage out of a place of death. Right. So I uh, you said something that I don't want to gloss over and you said it's over a long period of time yeah. where we can see this calling out in this transformation is unbinding happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to, so in both of these miracles, okay, they, they weren't over time. They were instant. Right. Okay. But here's the thing. And so we, a lot of times we, we want our miracle. We require mm. rather our miracle to also be instant, but you have to take all of what Jesus did and who he was into account, right? Jesus. Yeah. Some of them, a lot of the miracles he did were very fast, meaning that they happened within minutes and hours. But look at the history of Israel. Thousands and thousands of years, they were waiting for this Messiah, this long-awaited Messiah. Jesus arrived on the scene after 450-ish years of of what they call the silence of heaven, where the prophets were all, all their mouths were shut. (laughs) God was not speaking. So we're looking at 450 years. That's older than our nation by a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they are... uh, they're wondering where where is this God that right. we who who people say right. walked us through out of you know walked us through the desert out of Egypt yep. and across the Red Sea? Where's this quote unquote God? Right. They're all doubting because you know what their miracle is not just taking a few months, a few years. It's taking a few uh, it's a, a few hundred years, yeah, a few right? decades, right? Uh, well, yeah, <clears throat> a long, long time. And so finally, Jesus lands on the scene, and he's here, he's basically saying like I'm here to fulfill this prophecy. So right. now the miracle's there. And it's the Messiah himself. So I just want to put that out there because I feel like so often we expect instant, like time is the enemy. Time is essentially cultural mm-hmm. sin. We talked about this last night in our group. It's it's like a cultural sin. If it takes longer than it should, you're sinning against me, right? <laughs> like it, that's, that's, that is such a cultural construct. And we have to realize that God is not bound. I, one of my mm-hmm. professors said that he's not bound in any sense by succession of moments. He's not bound by time line, in a linear sense. Mm-hmm. He can do what he wants right. when he wants. Right. And so a lot of times when you say, when we say it takes time to heal, yeah. like that should be encouraging to, right. to know that your God is faithful, that even over time, he won't give up. Right. Even over time, he hasn't give up. 
And we see that well, in, I, in the arrival of Christ, but also in our life. And I think it's hard for us in those times of waiting to not develop the wrong expectations and develop the wrong hmm. desires. And I feel like that's where God is, again, calling us out, right? With our community groups or with people that are around us, knowing the, the trials we're walking through, saying, nope, don't fix your eyes on that idol. Don't go there for peace. Don't do this. Like God is, he is, he's walking you down this. You got to trust the journey. You got to trust mm -hmm. the process and you've got to walk through it because we so badly want to get to the good so quickly. Like you said, we want to have the quick and the fast and we just, we just want to move on. We just want to feel good. We want to be better. We want all the things. And God's like, yes, I want you to like be healed. I want there to be reconciliation, but the way you're trying to get at it is not how you're, you're not going to achieve what you really desire. Well, and that's where I, the trust comes in. It says exactly, only believe. Exactly. Do not fear. Only believe. Exactly. Because we fear that if it's not here today, it's never going to be here. Right. That, that's essentially what it comes down to. If right. I don't feel healed now, it'll never be healed. I'll never feel healed. I'll never. And Jesus is saying the opposite. He's saying, do not fear. Only believe. God has told us to, in, in all the, the New Testament letters, yeah. it's like we run our race It's right. it, with perseverance. Right. right. There's no need for perseverance if everything's instant. Right. And God so. uses the time to I feel like make his his message that much more potent right like the 450 years of silence and then Jesus did come even with the the people saying wait this is our God we did not expect this we right. wanted like we thought Caesar like a big God with gold and shiny things everywhere right but he was born in a manger he was mm. just this whole opposite way but it's all fulfilling like a purpose down to like Ooh. the crevices of God's design right and his plan yeah, what gets me too is if you read on in uh, in John 11, you go into uh, past the Lazarus, yeah. or I'm sorry, the, the yeah. plot to kill Jesus. Yeah, and so you have all these people that are witnessing this, mm -hmm. and some people believed, but not everyone. Yeah. And so we just, we seem to assume that if we just have the miracle we want, if we get called out and have the resurrection, quote unquote, mm. experience that we want, the Lazarus experience, or, you know, whatever, whatever the story is, if we... we we think that if we get that miracle, then all of a sudden everybody's going to miraculously just believe. And you know what? This actually triggered <laughs> the the plot to kill him. Right. And so people who saw this, they did not say, oh, look, the son of God is here. The Messiah is here. Praise God. They said, Verse we got to kill that guy. They went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. <laughs> yeah. And so we, I think the, the thing that that's pointing out for me is that our belief in Jesus's goodness and his miracle and his calling us out that that belief that he's calling us to, mm -hmm. it's a function so much more of our heart than mm -hmm. of our eyes. Right. It's not, it's a function of what our heart's orientation is and not what our eyes have witnessed and what we see right. firsthand. Right. And so regardless of the miracle that happens, we are still called to be people of belief. Right. Right. Yeah. And he, so just to kind of, I think, recap and overview some of the big reasons why God calls us out, um, from things that are not of him in within our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, he's calling us again to life. He's calling us to freedom. He questions us because he loves us. He's not an accuser of of our sin. He's not and he's not like surprised by it. He is calling us out because he he's created a better way. He wants us to know him. He yeah. doesn't want us to operate in fear. He wants us to live in faith. Mm. But that those are words, right? What is that? The weight of those words is huge. Mm. And he wants us to believe in him. And what are the ways that he causes us to do this? Are, are walking through darkness sometimes and mm. being in, he uses, again, he uses our sin. He uses those, those times of silence, mm. right? Not for our shame. And, and honestly, not even for all of our, it's not for our glory, right? It's really all about him. It's all about him. And when we respond yeah. and we see and experience God at work, in and through us, others others will see that as well. Mm. They'll see that transformation. So when we respond to him, calling us out, again, it leads us to the cross. And the impl important distinction there is it's his prerogative, not ours, right? right. We, we don't decide that people will, we're going to let our light shine and they're going to see it. No, Jesus decides to walk us through in a way so that they will, that it'll be for their good right. and for his glory, right? right? And so ground, let's ground this in marriage a little bit. And how, what is what is being called out look like? In, in your marriage, I think that's the conversation challenge yeah. is ask yourselves, like, how are we being called out as a couple and as individuals right. called out of this place of darkness, whether it's hiding shame, fear, right. regret, uh, any sort of um, 
just being like chained up, right? Because I mean, yeah, any sort of lack of freedom, yeah, right? How is God calling us out of that and calling us to be unbound? Yeah. Okay, so have an honest conversation around yeah. that, and just be transparent, husbands. If you're listening to this, like, lead in this conversation. Be the first to admit vulnerability. So oftentimes, as husbands, we think we have to have it together. Right. We have to have all the answers. We have to have a perfect progression of thoughts so that we can present and lead in the way that we believe that we should. <laughs> and I'm saying, let all that go for this. And in general, let it go. (laughs) But just how is God calling you out as as a husband, as a man, as a father? And I think as a wife, you know, we can we can have this lack of peace in our hearts because we want to control right the situations. We want to control the fallout. We want to, and maybe that's not you. Maybe that's just part of me. But I, you know, there's there's something in us that's like if we can keep the peace, if we can just like have a happy life and not show any problems and just you know, be Mm. where we're at and not, let's not be called out because I feel like if we get called out, it's going to be hard. (laughs) And God's like, Mm. yeah, it probably is. But guess what's on the other side of it? Like, and guess what I'm going to do through it and to you through it? Like your identity is going to be rerouted back in me and you're going to know this. Mm -hmm. And this knowledge and understanding is going to bring you freedom. This knowledge and understanding is going to bring you deeper joy than just the happiness that you're trying to pursue day to day. Like God is, there's a bigger purpose for us as wives than just, Hmm. you know, for me, like it's not just taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, teaching the kids, all of that stuff. There's, there's a deeper purpose because God is, graciously opened my eyes to that and opened my heart to that through the calling out of Selena, you're doubting in this area. Selena, you're insecure in this area. Selena, you're not seeing the full picture in this area. We go on and on because I feel like when we, even just exposing that, where you're having called out of your doubt, a lot of times your doubt's rooted in thinking that people know, or you you think you know what people are are thinking and judging about you. And so you're living as if that's true and as, right. if, as if they've actually thought and said those things. <laughs> right. When nobody's thought and said those things, you they have. They may have thought them, but then no one said them. But that's just it. It's, that's not <laughs> the point. I know. The point is that you're being called out of that and being unbound from that that's because true. Jesus is here. Yeah. And he's the one calling you. Yeah. And he's the one calling you into something better and bigger. Yeah. And that better and bigger is him. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not going down the that road, but it's him. Right. He is the ultimate prize. So that's a, a conversation challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this is a big topic, you guys. Like I said, we talked about it in our book, See Through Marriage. It's it's not out yet. It comes out next year. So just hang in tight. We'll have some announcements for you um, on, on how to get your hands on that. Right. But the big idea of being of walking in the light is just so thematic in our own marriage and yeah. within this podcast. And I think just the last takeaway is as first John says, we walk in the light as he is in the light so that we might have fellowship with mm-hmm. one another, deeper fellowship, but also purification from sin. And so I think we've hit both of those things and that we do have fellowship when we walk in the light, we're unbound by, by God and by our community working as his hands and feet, but also we're purified from our sin as we trust him with those, those enemy outposts in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So, um, just, just keep your ears open for more of that coming yeah. down the pipeline here. So I want to start with a heavier question, just because I think we're kind of in this headspace, and I want to, I don't, I don't know, it feels bad to like laugh and then dive into something <laughs> heavy. The, the first question, yeah, it's <laughs> so, a little silly. Go ahead. This first question is uh, from a husband. He said, hello, my wife and I are struggling with our relationship after the birth of our daughter, five months old. Our lives have definitely changed much more than we both expected. We are tired and argue with each other frequently. I feel like I'm growing hardened and losing hope. If sex is an indicator of the health of a marriage, we might be in trouble. We haven't had sex since the birth of our daughter. Well, yeah. friends, we are, for the third time, about to approach this season of having a baby yeah. and what that looks like two afterward, weeks out. afterwards. Yeah. I mean, the due date is two weeks from the recording of this. Right. And which is, wow, it's fast. If you've, you know, if you've had children or if you even adopted children, there's a transition, right? There's a huge life transition. And... Physically, our bodies, our spirits, our minds, everything is is challenged. Everything is being asked of us on every level at every hour of the day. <laughs> like you, right. you are constantly being needed, wanted, and you are dying to yourself daily and yeah. moment moment to moment. I feel like, and does it become easier with the third kid? I don't know. We'll tell you, but. <laughs> <laughs> with the second it was it was you know it was hard mm. so i think the question here all i have to say is we get it and we we've get experienced it, yes. it and i think the hope in that is is it's a season right, right. it's not gonna happen it's not gonna last forever it's difficult and i just don't want to discount that right that you're not alone in feeling that that difficulty especially around intimacy because a lot of times wives 
I mean, you've experienced this when you with a with a new child. I mean, so much is happening. Yeah. Emotionally, physiologically, hormonally. Yeah. That in in some cases there's postpartum part of it, and yeah. there's a lot that goes into having a new baby, especially right. if it's your first. Yeah. And so I think the thing the thing to do, okay, not to be too prescriptive, but the thing to do here is to talk, talk, yes. talk through it. Ask and questions. Ask questions. Honey, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling this way? How can I help you? Do you know that it's been this long? Sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not joking here, but sometimes the best of our, the, 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 the best thing that's like shaken me out of like my, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine as a wife has been Ryan saying, you know, it's been this long since we've had sex or we've not, and not in a mean way, but like when he puts a number on something and it's really been literally two it, hours since we've had sex. Are you aware? It's not. <laughs> not, not right now. <laughs> Theoretically. Goodness. <laughs> But no, when, when uh, sometimes when numbers and reality is kind of just brought up in a humble and like, I want you to understand like the depth of this and this is, this is hurting and this is hard for me and this is, hmm. I feel unloved. It's not just like I have this sexual need, right? It's not just the physiological need. It's also this emotional and spiritual connection that I feel like we're losing and I, I want to fight for that. How can I help you in this? How can we come be reconciled? together like this i know your body's changed i know that you're going through hard things like how can we so it's thoughtfully begin articulating. To build? yeah and asking questions it's okay to ask questions i think asking questions is very disarming and ask them because you want to know not obviously you're not trying mm. to be a jerk about it <laughs> yeah and he said one thing i want to make sure that we are address well two things i feel like i'm growing hardened and losing hope i'm mm -hmm. saying don't don't let your heart do that yeah. you can control that and and but well god is not wanting to let your heart be hardened in this area so ask for his help but have those conversations and that will soften your heart try to see through your wife's perspective but ask like she said have those hard how ha, ask those hard questions yeah have the conversations. have conversations about i want to say expectations because sex life yeah. before kids and after kids can look different and so Again, we've done a few podcasts, I think, like there's one about having young kids in the house and how to yeah. have sex while they're in the house. I always get that <laughs> title wrong, and he always is just it like... It can sound really bad if you really say it bad. wrong. But just understand that yeah. expectations have got to be calibrated and managed, but they can also be exceeded. And so there's different seasons, different times of your life. So mm -hmm. trying to maybe... I don't yeah. know, provide some light and freedom in that. Yeah. The second thing you said that I want to talk about is if sex is an indication of the healthier marriage, we might be in trouble. It's one, I think, indicator. indicator. Yeah, so not the indicator. Just don't put all the weight in it. It's important, but it's not the most important mm -hmm. thing. The most important thing is Christ at the center. And that's where you sit down and you say, listen, if we want to have a loving marriage, mm -hmm. we need to both be engaged in, in loving each other. Mm -hmm. Sex is a gift. Sex is, is something that we're called to enjoy right. we're called to not abstain from sex and and withhold it from each other right. paul talks about that and so if we have a christ-like love that's the most important thing right is it centered on christ then now you have this common foundation to say okay how can we grow that this area is hurting me yeah. i feel like we're losing touch with each other right how can we grow right then you both have to go to the, come to the table if that doesn't work then i would just say get i mean i don't want to be too quick to say this but Get counseling help, Absolutely. get pastoral Absolutely. help. You're not the from, first yeah. to deal with this, and yep. it's good that you're talking about it and you're not alone in it. So yeah. <clears throat> bring it to the table. Have people come around you and help unbind this mm. yeah. bound area <laughs> or All feeling right. bound area. That was awkward. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so the next question is, it's not silly, it's serious, okay? It's a serious question. Can you please tell my wife how great Parks and Rec is so she will watch it with me? Pretty please. Three question marks. Brad is asking, Kendall, if you're listening to this, <laughs> just we're pleading with you, Kendall. Respond to your husband's Respond leadership. Your hus <laughs> He's leading you into the light. Live in the light. Ron Swanson has transformed our marriage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I feel like you're Tom Haverford. I feel no. Like that's you. Are you serious? Or Mona Lisa. No. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> you know that Come my on. body is a microchip. Your body, oh, that's right. You are. Chris Traeger. <laughs> Selena. Chris Ladies Traeger. and gentlemen, my wife is Chris Traeger. My body is, my body is literally a microchip. I'm, I, Single I mean, grain of sand. With pregnancy, I've been like, I'm so hungry right now. I'm going to fall over. And he's just like, your body's literally a microchip, isn't it? And I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> yes. You'll go like five minutes without eating or drinking water. You're like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> 
<laughs> but eat, Ryan's eat never cracker. been pregnant, so <laughs> mm. you can just eat a banana, okay? You know what? Two as one. All right. We're one flesh. <laughs> I'm pregnant right now. Anyways, it's a great show. Maybe skip season one. I don't know. Yes. I feel like the first seasons of anything are not always great, but when it comes to these Anyway, we shows. say all that, we joke, but really th- those types of silly things have really helped our friendship because really we do have. laugh together laugh a, a lot. lot. And that's it's bonded us and it's given us really quick Inside touch jokes. points to get close to each other to emotionally. Mm-hmm. Laughter is such an amazing gift. And so well, I think our listeners hear that when we talk about the office too. Of just, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and we send office memes to each other. <laughs> Late at night when we should Selena, be sleeping. Selena picks the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> on our phones. Yep. We lay in bed sometimes on our phones, people, and we send off his memes to each other. When <gasps> Don't kids, admit that. When kids are having hard nights and you got to be in different beds to get them all to go, go to sleep. Sometimes Selena lays just... in bed on her phone. I am praying at night and falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Selena, I'm calling you out of, the, out of the darkness into the light. Okay, but you're in, how can a person in darkness call me out of the darkness? That's it. <laughs> Whatever. No, we didn't even talk about that. Aww. Oh no! Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, folks. I'm gonna I'll close this in prayer today, and then we'll call it an episode. I, you think I pray too long? That's yeah. Why. Well, do you want to pray? No. Go All ahead. right. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this time, mm-hmm. and thank you for calling us out of the darkness, out of our death, and um, asking us to step out in faith, yeah. um, and trusting you that that calling out of darkness will lead us to a place of life and being unbound. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, you would continue that call because Lord, we are so, so prone yeah. to hiding again, to going back into the dark places because we feel shame or we forget who you are. We, f- we forget who we are because of what you've done. And we try to, we try to control things that aren't in our, in our ability to control Lord. And, and, and I pray that we just give all of our sin and shame, shame over to you. Mm-hmm. As you call us out, God, I pray for the husbands and the wives who maybe be struggling with this. They're struggling with finding honesty, true honesty, or admitting their true, um, or showing their true selves because they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid yeah. of not being loved. God, help them understand that they are loved in you, mm-hmm. that you have called them out of a dark, stinky death, a place of death yeah. into a place of life, God. And it, it is, yeah. it is an, an, it's a miracle in the work. Mm-hmm. So Lord, we love you. We glorify you. Use our words to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can. All right, this is actually season two, of, or no, season three, three episode two, but it's episode 120-something <laughs> total. Anyway, 103. it's in the can. <laughs> it's done. All with all 102 of them. It, there's way more than that, 20-something. Oh, you're right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We will see you again in about seven days, and until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.